Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast reminding you that playoff has no S. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who got patio furniture for Christmas. Yeah, it's a very good gift. That's me, Ryan Newman. And by the other brother, who also got patio furniture. That would be me, Trey Newman. Super exciting gifts, you guys. Really well, is. You guys are old. I was going to say, we're, we're adults now, Mike. Yeah, yeah apparently. apparently. What, do you, what, do you, what about you? I didn't ask you. Uh, Legoland tickets. <laughs> nice. Uh, no, nice. I don't know yet. I don't know. We're actually we're recording this on Thursday, December 20th. Uh, holidays are going to be a little bit busy for us, so... Wanted yeah. to knock this recording out early. Uh, Ryan, where are you going to be during uh, for New Year's? Uh, I will be in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty cool. It's going to be sweet. Okay. I'm going to be in New York City. So, if any, and I'm going to watch the playoff games there, probably maybe at a Clemson bar, maybe an Oklahoma bar, maybe both. Uh, if anyone is in Manhattan, wants to watch the game with me and the announcer, Sarah, Slide into the DMs. We can meet up. Wouldn't <laughs> well, that be cool? That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, what are you going to do for New Year's? Are you going to go to Times Square? No, uh, I've got a friend's wedding on New Year's Eve in Central Park. Oh, wow. That's pretty cool. I know. Fancy. That is fancy. Uh, all right. Well, I think people probably tuned in for football, so maybe we should get to that. All right. This is our New Year's 6 episode. So, we will start by previewing the four non-playoff games, and then, of course, at the end of the episode, we will get to the playoff semifinals. So, let's start Saturday, December 29th. We've got the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. Number 10, Florida, takes on number 7, Michigan, and the Wolverines are favored 7.5. What do you think, Ryan? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm liking the Gators here, um, and the main reason why is because We've kind of talked about it all year. Michigan's offense just doesn't scare anybody, um, especially against a quality defense that the Gators have. You know, if you look at the numbers, Felipe Franks and Shea Patterson, they are eerily similar. They have similar statistics. They have similar what? Similar statistics in almost everything. So, I, I don't see a huge offensive edge for either team. Um, in fact, if you look at their total yards per game, it's less than a yard apart. So, very, very close. Defensively... Yeah, Michigan's defense is is probably better. Um, although they're coming off of a kind of a rough outing at yeah, Ohio State. Yeah, one game. I'd say they're I, definitely better. Yeah, they're better. Uh, but yeah, there's a little bit of a worry there with that last showing. Um, I don't know. Just seven and a half seems like a lot of points to me uh, in a big game, um, especially considering you know uh, Florida's had a really good year. Uh, so I, I I like the Gators. Yeah, you know, one thing about this is I didn't realize is Florida and Michigan will now have played each other in each of the last three seasons. They played. Yeah, that's why this game was kind of a little bit of a downer. They played. They played twice. They'll have played twice in bowl games, and then they played once to open up the season last season. Yeah, and Michigan dominated both of those those first outings. So, you know, we also know that Karan Higdon isn't playing, and their their motivation for winning doesn't appear to be exactly peaking when you've got your your star running back not uh, not playing. So I'm going to ride with the Gators here. 
Mullen's looking to win 10 games in year one. And like you said, Ryan, I'm not really scared of Michigan's offense. And one player to watch is Florida's second team All-American defensive end, Ja'Kai Polite. He's going to impact this game in a big way. Yeah, he's he's had a monster year. But I'm surprised neither of you guys brought up the fact that we already know what's going to happen in this game. We already know who's going to win. Why? <laughs> um, oh, you guys, you, you didn't hear? Yang Yang, the giant panda at the Atlanta Zoo. Oh, already chose Michigan as the winner. I saw him pick that box. Yeah, so not sure we can really add anything, but I'll try, I guess. Uh, I agree with Yang Yang. I like Michigan and not sure what what his reason was. But for me, it's Shea Patterson. Uh, He got a lot better as the season wore on. Not that he was bad to start out, but QBR of 85 or higher in four of the last five games. And I'm also hoping that Tariq Black is back to 100% for Michigan. Of course, he missed the whole season. They've been trying to work him in the last couple games. I'm not sure if he's healthy or not, but if he is, I think he's their best offensive player. So Michigan, in my opinion, much better defense, much better quarterback. I'm going to go with them to cover. And you, you mentioned Karan Higdon, Higdon out, Trey, but uh, Rayshon Gary, too, of course, skipping this game. Oh, right. But they've been without yeah. him for yeah. much of the season. So I'm not too concerned about that. Yeah. Okay, let's move on to Tuesday, January 1st. We've got the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Number 11 LSU is a seven and a half point favorite against number eight UCF. Trey, what do you think? Yeah, so UCF gets another crack at an SCC West school after last year, of course, beating Auburn. Obviously, Auburn the key didn't fact- care though, Trey. Auburn didn't care. They didn't even, I don't even think they played their starters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, obviously, the key factor in the game here is that the Knights are without Mackenzie Milton and are having to play Daryl Mack Jr. Now, Mack, in his only start, did account for six touchdowns in the AAC title, but that was against a pretty porous defense in Memphis. LSU is obviously a much stiffer test. The matchup that's crucial for UCF to win is their their run D versus the LSU rush offense. Central Florida gives up over 225 yards per game on the ground. So if LSU exposes that, it could be tough sledding. I'm picking LSU as they're going to be able to slow down Mac in only his second start. One last nugget, though. UCF is looking to become the first FBS team to go undefeated in back-to-back years since 94-95 Nebraska. Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's true. You should have asked that as a trivia question. Yeah. Go ahead. Ask it as a trivia question. (laughs) yeah all right you're not gonna do it that's fine uh i'm gonna go with ucf here though uh their schedule was terrible but it was 89th in the country but they won 12 of their 13 games by double digits so it's not like they were squeaking by or some sort of pretender like a ucf was or or you dang it usf was earlier in the year you gotta say south florida there i know know, i know it's just it's impossible yep um but no they they treated their schedule like you would expect uh uh you know the 10th best or the 15th best team would treat it so yeah yes obviously the loss of milton hurts but I was really impressed with Daryl Mack, even if it was against a not great defense. He looked really good. I still yeah. think this offense is is capable of scoring against LSU, and it really helps that, you know, maybe LSU's best defender, or at least maybe he's behind Devin White, but Greedy Williams is sitting this one out. Yeah, that's a, a big factor, Mike, that you mentioned there. But, you know, I, even still without Milton, I, I still think that UCF 
probably has the better offense compared to LSU in this one. So they, I think they have yeah, an advantage on that maybe. side of the ball. I agree. Yeah. And Trey, your your worry that you mentioned was UCF's run D, and I think that's valid. Um, I'm a little worried about that myself, and I think most people are. But one game after a month's rest, you tend to hold up better in the trenches than you might over a long period of time, you know, if back-to-back weeks. So I think we'll see UCF hold up just fine on the, along the defensive line and stop that LSU ground game, um, with especially with that month's prepare. And, you know, when you compare this to last year, I, this LSU team is not as good as that Auburn team was last year. No way. I'm yeah. not trying to bring up the motivation factor here, but I'm just talking about his quality opponent. Auburn was better way than better. this LSU team. So I think Daryl Mack, he has, he did have a great game. So I think he's proven he's at least capable. So that's, I'm going to take UCF here. It's a lot of points to give up, but on against a team that has won what, 25 in a row. So I'm taking UCF. Okay. But just, just everyone remember LSU didn't even try if they do no. end up losing. Of course not. Yeah, they, they don't even want to play this game. <laughs> uh, Rose Bowl, number nine, Washington against number six, Ohio State. Ohio State's favored six and a half. And obviously the big story in this one is this is Urban Meyer's last game. Maybe. For, yeah, for now. For now. For at now. Least. But I think that's it's kind of unfortunate that's going to dominate the headlines, of course. But two stalwarts for washington are also playing their last game miles gaskin has had an unbelievable career i think what was it the stat i said a couple weeks ago he's is he the first player in pac-12 history to go four straight thousand yard rushing seasons i think that was the stat Yeah, i think that's what you said in the first sense um who i'll have to backtrack i think about that who, one who else did um, it from another conference yeah who else did it don't know no i, I I think he's the first in the conference, but it was you said somebody right, but it's someone in another conference. I don't know. Anyway, yeah, we move on. Yeah. Uh, also, Jake Browning's last last game of his career, which is a very successful career. Yeah. You know, you can say what you want about his play, junior senior year compared to sophomore, but still, he's he's had a great career. I think the key matchup in this game, though, is going to be Ohio State's wide receivers against Washington's quarterback cornerbacks, and you would think having a deep group of cornerbacks would be helpful against Ohio State because obviously of the, the depth of their receiving core and the fact that, you know, no one guy really dominates their targets, but didn't turn out so well for Michigan last game, but I'm just going to call that an aberration. I, I love this Washington secondary. Byron Murphy, Jordan Miller, Miles Bryant, maybe the best trio of corners in the country. And I think offensively, Washington will have success because this is a, a good matchup for them. Gaskins and Salvin Ahmed, I think, are going to run all over that Ohio State defense, which is suspect uh, against the run. I, I disagree. I don't think they're going to run all over that no, they are. defense. They are. No, they are. Okay, but okay. Well, what's we'll your next see. point? You got any other points? Uh, you know me. I'm not that high on UW. Um, so I really like the Buckeyes here. I see a huge uh, advantage offensively for them. I take a look at Jake Browning's numbers this year, 16 touchdowns to compare it to 10 interceptions. And that's not very good, when, especially when you consider – uh, Dwayne Haskins has like what? <laughs> That's 40, his name. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> he's got like forty-eight <laughs> touchdowns, so he's got about thirty-one more uh, than yeah, Brown. It's, it's a lot more. I'll give. I'll give yeah, you he's that. Got quite a bit more. Uh, so I see a huge advantage there. Um, and I know Washington. They, you know, they obviously have a really good defense, but you know, yeah, like you mentioned, Mike, Ohio State. Even when they're going up against great defense, they can still have success. 
Um, and I just, I don't know. I don't think Washington's defense can make up for the significant disadvantage that they have offensively. So, you know, I'm taking, I'm taking the Buckeyes and I'm going to make that my jingle bell lock. Hmm. Okay. I, I, I like Washington against the spread. I, uh, but I'll say Ohio State wins straight up. You know, you just never know what you're going to get with Ohio State this season. And I'm really curious to see that matchup that you talked about, Michael, the, the Haskins against and their offense against that Huskies defense. Cause I think Peterson's going to learn from Michigan's mistakes and they're going to slow down Ohio State a bit more. And, but yeah, Ryan, to your credit, I, I, don't trust the Huskies offense. But that being said, they've had a month to prepare and Ohio State hasn't been that do- dominant defensive unit. And not to mention Chris Peterson, he's been known to have a few wrinkles up his sleeve when given time to prepare. So that's why I'm going to take the Huskies against the points. Okay. Next up is the Allstate Sugar Bowl, number 15, Texas against number five, Georgia. And the Bulldogs are favored 13. What do you see here, Ryan? Yeah, that's uh, 13 points is a lot in a, in a big game like this, especially when Texas is going to be extremely motivated and pumped up to play in a game like this. Whereas Georgia, I mean, they they obviously are very disappointed that they're facing a four loss Texas team outside of the playoff. Um, if this was a regular season game, okay, then I would probably take Georgia minus the points, but it's not. Um, I think Texas is going to come ready to play. Their defense will be fired up and limit that Georgia ground game. And Texas, you know, they've their defense isn't like amazing, but they do have a pretty good ground defense. They give up 135 yards on the ground, which isn't too bad. Um, and Ellinger in that offense, I think they'll do just enough to keep this one interesting. Um, so I'm going to take the Longhorns plus that uh, big spread. I'm, I'm, I like Texas here as well. Georgia, they want to be in the playoff. They had another heartbreaking loss to Bama. And we've also seen historically what Herman has done as a big underdog. I know that's kind of cliche, but, um, no, I mean that's 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 a factor. Uh yeah. 12 1 and 1 against the spread as an underdog as head coach. Now, that that's crazy by the way, but yeah. Uh, the one matchup I'd be concerned about though if I was a Texas fan and this kind of is a counter argument to you Ryan is that they're only 57th in rush defense efficiency and they're going up against a Georgia team that averages 6 yards per rush. And even had success running against that strong Bama defense. So I'm going with Texas, though, mainly because of the motivation factor. And Texas, they don't want to finish on a, on a losing streak to Oklahoma and Georgia going into, and especially for Herman, going into his third year. I agree with both of you guys. Uh, it, it's a tough one for me because I, obviously we all think Georgia is a ton better than Texas. But apparently other people are onto that as well with the 13-point spread. Yeah, who would have true? Who would have thunk? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to take the points. I think Texas is a team that's that's hard to blow out, uh, mostly because they they don't turn it over. Only 11 turnovers all season, less than one per game. And of course, we all remember that Sam Ellinger interceptionless streak that went by the wayside. But he really takes care of the ball well, and I think that's going to be key to keeping them in this game. Yeah. And then the Tom Herman underdog factor, Trey. You mentioned it. I I don't I don't know if there's anything to that, but Maybe. I think so. I think we'll see. Can't hurt. Yeah. Oh, one more. One more. We got an exciting kicker matchup here. Dicker the kicker against Hot Rod. Hot Rod. Yeah, that's that true. Is, I didn't think about that. Nah, that's a matchup. <laughs> Woo. Can't wait. All right. We have finally made it to the playoff. December 29th, we've got two 
hopefully great games, though the point spreads might tell you otherwise. Yeah. First one, Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic, number three Notre Dame against number two Clemson. Clemson's favored 13 and a half. Trey, what are you thinking here? I'm taking Notre Dame to cover. I I think this is too many points, and I I know Clemson is a force, and they're legit, but Notre Dame will be the toughest team that they've played, in my opinion. Maybe you can make an argument outside of A&M, but that was in week two, and we didn't really know at the time how good A&M might be. I I think most people would would say Notre Dame's better than A&M. Yeah, I'm... I'm, it's just if someone wanted to, wanted to make the argument at A and M was tough, right? Yeah, but yeah. this is Trevor Lawrence's first true big game, and the Irish they're not they're not total slouches. They they only give up seventeen points a game, and I I've liked them so much more with Ian Book, which we've discussed previously. He improved a lot this season, and he proved that he can also make some big plays with his legs, as we saw against Northwestern and USC. Well, you know we're we're on collision course for clemson bama round four but i think notre dame's gonna make them earn it okay i'm i'm actually gonna disagree i'm gonna go with with clemson to cover here i think all the attention this year has obviously been on alabama and rightfully so because they're one of the best teams of our of our lifetime maybe but if alabama for some reason didn't exist which heaven forbid i think we'd all (laughs) the football world would just be I think Auburn fans would be mourning that really tremendously. Yeah, they'll <laughs> just uh no, but they've uh I lost my train of thought. Oh, if they didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah. We'd be talking about this Clemson team as as one of the best teams of the past, you know, fifteen years, because I think they are. They've murdered pretty much everyone on their schedule. It's granted not a super tough schedule. The only teams that they didn't blow out were a solid Syracuse team, and that was that a game I in almost which almost had. Dang it. I know, I know. But because uh, Ryan, of course, called that as his upset special that week. That would have been amazing. So close. So close. Damn it. Um, but that was a game where their backup quarterback, who really, you could call him third string quarterback, Chase Bryce, had to play for, for much of the game. And then the other one, like you said, Trey, at a, a really good Texas A&M team. And that was before Trevor Lawrence was was the full-time starter. So I think this is an amazing team. I, I trust them on a big stage. They pretty much always show up in the playoff. I think you could argue they didn't last year against Alabama but now they have a quarterback that a quarterback that can stretch the defense that was the big problem last year their offense just couldn't do anything um so I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be huge in this game I think there's a huge talent mismatch and I think Clemson's going to blow Notre Dame out I'm going to make that my jingle bell lock wow that's that's a big lot of points to give up there for a jingle bell lock yeah um I'm leaning towards the Irish I'm agreeing with Trey um I just don't like giving up that many points uh, in a big game, especially when you consider that Notre Dame has a top 10 scoring defense. So points will be harder to come by for them against them. And I I think the main key in this game though, is, is if Notre Dame can just have a little bit of success running the ball against that great Clemson defense to open up the passing game a little bit for Ian book, because if they can't, okay, then it's, it's going to be really hard for them to, to compete with Clemson. But another key for me is is Notre Dame's secondary against Trevor Lawrence. I mean, obviously, you guys know I've had my reservations a little bit about Trevor Lawrence. Um, and Notre Dame's defense, they've only given up seven touchdown passes the entire season. That's second best in the nation. And, you know, if this one's close going into the fourth quarter, you know, kind of look out because Lawrence, he's had his struggles in that quarter. He's got a 54% completion percentage with three TDs and two interceptions. If you go to the flip side with Ian Book, 
in the fourth quarter, 83% with seven touchdowns, two interceptions. So I think we're going to see Notre Dame's defense give Lawrence a lot of trouble. I think they're going to be able to come up with a couple interceptions. And that's why I like the Irish to keep this one close. But uh, I do think Clemson will ultimately win. So are you telling me Trevor Lawrence doesn't have the clutch gene? I Whatever gene you want to call it, Mike, <laughs> I think there's something missing there. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, um, before we get to uh, the Orange Bowl, Trey, we're going to put you on the hot seat. I've got, we've got a few more questions about this game. Is that, are you ready for that? Okay. Yeah. Bring it on. All right. All righty. First question, Trey. Um, what matchup do you think could decide this game? Okay. Uh, to me, it's Notre Dame's pass offense versus the Clemson pass defense. I, I just it I can't get that South Carolina game out of my head where Clemson let Bentley throw for 510 yards on them. It might have been just an aberration, but if Clemson shuts down the pass offense of Notre Dame, then it will be a long night for the, for the Irish. Okay, which quarterback do you trust more, Ian Book or Trevor Lawrence? Tough question. I I know which way Ryan would lean, but I'm I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna say Trevor Lawrence in this particular matchup because. His supporting cast is better. He also doesn't have to face the ridiculous Clemson D-line that Book's going to have to. So, And, and Lawrence is, is so gifted. So I'm going I'm to say Lawrence. All right. Fair enough, Trey. Uh, third question here. We got over under 175 rushing yards for Clemson. So I'm going to say under because I see this being a, a, a little bit closer game where they won't just solely rely on the run. I think there will be times where they'll actually need to pass, whereas throughout most of the season, they haven't been really forced to have to pass. So I don't see ETN running wild like he did against Pitt most recently in the ACC title. Okay, last question. Name someone more unlikely to be billed as the scrappy underdog than the University of Notre Dame. Yeah, wow. It's a true true underdog story, <laughs> a true Cinderella story. <laughs> I think the Golden State Warriors are yeah, this scrappy <laughs> underdogs, right? Sure, yeah, that's that's about as likely. Maybe maybe Serena Williams in tennis. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. All right, have we exhausted our our analysis of uh, of the Clemson game? Yep. Any other closing thoughts? Just your last chance. No, I gave it my all. Okay, <laughs> you left it all on the on the podcast. Yep. <laughs> okay. Capital One Orange Bowl, number four, Oklahoma against number one, Alabama. Crimson Tide are a 14-point favorite. So if I told you that in this game, the number two defense in Massey Peabody's ratings is playing, would you guys be able to guess which team that is? Um, That'd be a hard guess, Mike. Well, I can give you a hint. It's not Oklahoma. Okay, Clemson. All right, Ryan, what are you, you, I just said the two teams, uh, all right? You just, God. just put yourself on mute. Can you put yourself on mute for, for the rest right, of my answer? All right, all right. Um, so it's Alabama. It's Alabama, of course. But, okay, so you've got the number two defense in this game. But the total in this game, the Vegas total, 79 and a half points. <laughs> That's Holy five sh- points higher than the next highest bowl, which is crazy. Uh, and that next highest is is Oklahoma State against missouri but that's that's obviously how good these offenses are and of course how bad oklahoma's defense is 
I like Alabama to win the game, of course. I mean, they're a two-touchdown favorite, and they're going to score at will, and they actually have a good defense as opposed to, to Oklahoma. But I'm going to take Oklahoma to cover the spread, and there's two reasons for that. One is, as we're recording this, we're not sure of how healthy Tua is going to be. I think it's probably fair to guess that he won't be 100% uh, at least running the ball. So so that's one reason. The other is I think the back door is going to be open in this game because if <laughs> Alabama – for real. Okay. If Alabama <laughs> – what, what's the problem, right? Are you, just, are you being immature right now or something? <laughs> it's a door, dude, to a house. It's a sure, metaphor, yeah. all right? Yeah. So if Alabama does build up a big lead, you would think that – they're certainly they're going to rest their starters if they can, or, or certainly take Tua out uh, late in the game because you really don't want to risk injury right before the national championship. And and this off Oklahoma offense, even going up against a good defense, they can score on anyone. We saw that last year uh, in the the Rose Bowl with uh, with Baker against a great Georgia defense. So that's why I like Oklahoma to cover. Alrighty, um, I disagree, Mike. Uh, I like Alabama. Uh, I just don't think okay. OU... You, did you take a look at that wide open back door, Ryan? Are you sure? <laughs> it's wide open. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Didn't consider that. That's interesting. don't think they'll take it. Um, okay. Hmm. Yeah. I, I don't think OU can keep this one close. I, I mean, obviously their offense is amazing, but they haven't seen a defense anywhere close to Alabama's uh, this year. Um, honestly, Army might be the best defense that they face so far this season, which is surprising. No. Texas? look up the stats is texas and army as tech you know oh if you're looking like at raw points per game or something because army has like five possessions a game army held them to 28 and overtime that oklahoma had like seven possessions in that game and one of them they got stuffed on the one yard line but anyway we're i digress yeah you do digress they haven't played a lot of great defenses your point is correct yes yeah, <laughs> Thanks for agreeing with me, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I'm just, okay. you know, I'm just uh, you mentioned little, to still his a little ankle. peeved about you laughing at my answer. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tua's ankle is is a concern, um, but he's had four weeks to heal. That's, that's quite a long time. And it's not like he's a scrambling quarterback. So, I mean, if he was Kyler Murray, I think that'd be more of a factor. If he was Eric Crouch, that'd be more of a factor. Whoa. Whoa, the Wayback <laughs> Machine. Wow. Yeah. You know, somebody like that. Um, so, I, I don't think it's going to be a huge deal. Um, he's, uh, he'll, he'll, I think that ankle will be healed up enough. And I don't know. It's just simple to me. Like, if their offenses are very similar, like, as far as effectiveness. Oh, Alabama's is maybe almost just as good as Oklahoma's. Uh, but defensively, they're not even in the same realm. Um, and because of that, I just, I can't go with Oklahoma. So I'm taking the tide. I, yeah, it's, I'm, I'm going Oklahoma. Uh, I, I'm so scared of their, their past defense in this one, but Michael, you brought up, they lost a thriller last year to a really stout Georgia defense in, in double overtime and, and they had a bad defense last year. So, and, and Alabama wasn't invincible Their defense to be fair their defense is worse this year oh. and georgia's defense is not as good as this year's alabama sorry just <laughs> felt like i gotta make that point well just to shove it to michael a little bit you think you're saying georgia's defense last year is not as good as this year's alabama i think it's pretty close yes that's what i'm saying ah, i'm not sure about that i think it's close either e- either way 
Alabama, my my next point was that Alabama wasn't invincible against Georgia. And, you know, we saw that Fromm was able to move the ball effectively, not to mention Swift and the running game did well for the most part. So the factor of, of Tua not being 100 is going to allow the Sooners, I think, to get a couple of stops and at least cover this one. Because, yeah, Michael, that it could be a greasy backdoor. <laughs> yep yep nice trade and even though i know oklahoma's defense bringing up the rear ryan but <laughs> yeah still i think they can they can hit that back door all right uh kicking game how about the kicking game oklahoma has an edge there that's for sure field yeah, goals well the pro- oklahoma better not be settling for any field goals well that's it that even better point <laughs> uh okay we're not done with this game yet because ryan it's your turn to go on the hot seat all right i'm ready probably still a little sweaty from trey but do what you can (laughs) all right ryan first question if out of nowhere tua was ruled out for this game for whatever reason who would you like to win um yeah there's to me there's no doubt that i'd still like alabama i mean two touchdown favorites uh is is a huge number there and jalen hurts is a more than capable backup Heck, he only lost a, a couple of games as a starting quarterback, as a freshman and a sophomore. So and then you look at what he did in the SEC title game against Georgia in a huge game. So, yeah, there's just no doubt to me Bama would still be heavy favorites if Jalen Hurts were the quarterback. That was a stupid question. I need to talk to the producer about that one. Yeah, that was obvious. Obvi. Which under-the-radar player could have a big impact in this game? All right, I like this question. Um, I'm going to go with the guy who caught the game-winning touchdown pass in last year's national title game, Devonta Smith. You know, this year, he's actually only Alabama's fifth leading receiver with just over 500 yards and five touchdowns. But, you know, that kind of also means that he's going to maybe get some favorable matchups in this game, not going up against OU's best corners. You know, you got Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, so those type of guys. Um, And we know Alabama, they're going to score a ton of points against an uh, Oklahoma team that struggles with their pass defense. So I think a guy like Devonta Smith could come up big. All right. Over under 300 passing yards for Kyler Murray. Um, I'm going to say that, yes, he actually does get there, even though I think the odds are probably a little bit against me um, in this one. Alabama has only given up 300 yards passing in one game this year. And it was, it was actually in the SEC title game against Georgia from, he got to like 301. But OU will definitely be the best offense that Alabama has faced. And I, I think OU is, is going to be playing catch-up the whole game. So, you know, I think they're going to have to pass the ball quite a bit. I think you'll see maybe 40-plus attempts from Kyler Murray. Um, so I, even though I think they'll lose by a lot, I do think that he will just get over that 300 mark. Okay. Do you think the Heisman curse will play a factor in this game? <laughs> Uh, no, I, I don't think that's going to play a factor at all in this one. Um, you know, actually, since 2009, Heisman winners are eight and three in bowl games, and that includes the playoffs. Or, wow. Oh, boy. Wow. We that. almost got through the whole episode. Unbelievable. I didn't just do that. Unbelievable. In playoff games. I knew the next word was plural, and I, wow. My bad, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> playoffs? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Once again, I'll ask you guys, this is... Any burning thoughts here? Any last thoughts you have on this game? Because this is the only time we're going to talk about it. No, got nothing else to give. All right. You left it all out on the podcast. Yeah. What about you? Do you got anything else? Ooh, wow. You just turn it around on me. <laughs> uh, I can try and come up with something else. Um, what do you got? 
a key matchup. Um, I'm gonna. I'll come up with. Uh, I'll, I'll say. I'll predict an MVP. Jalen Waddle. Okay. I love watching Jalen Waddle. That guy is a he's, freak of he, nature. He's fast. I think I'll say. I'll say he puts up 200 pa- uh, receiving yards. <laughs> That's wow. There you I go. Mean, there you go. How about that? Catch me outside. It, it, he's so fast that he makes fast guys look not fast. What's that from? I forget, but it's from a movie. <laughs> Sounds like a good. Is one. it the Water Boy? No, no, no. Oh, oh no! It's from it's from it's from um uh, the Adam Sandler movie, the the Longest Yard. Oh, okay. Yeah. That wow. Good reference. Good Thank reference. <laughs> okay. Well, that'll do it for our New Year's Six preview episode. Once again, New York City people, you want to watch the playoff with a real celebrity, Michael Newman? Come on. How can you pass that up? You could right, guys? actually watch it with a real celebrity and Ryan Newman. No, no. You're going to be in Jackson Hole. Nobody lives there. Some people. Where rich people go to vacation. But Ryan Newman's a race car driver, too. Oh, true, true. Okay. There you go. Hmm. Uh, Michael Newman was Adam Sandler in Click. Oh, that's right. <laughs> to bring up <laughs> Adam Sandler again. That's a good point. Uh, also, I th- was an actor in Baywatch. So, two to one. Definitely not you. Real hassle, huh? <laughs> uh, but anyway, no. What I'm saying is... If you want to watch the game at a bar with me and a couple friends, hit up, hit, hit me up in the DMs. Am I sounding desperate? A little bit. It's like, all right, I'm going to be by myself. I'm <laughs> by myself, guys. I'm desperate. Somebody come watch the game with me. Sarah will be with you, I'm sure. Uh, all right. Well, we hope everyone enjoys their their week. I, it might be Christmas, by the way, when we release this episode. I don't know if I said that earlier, but Merry Christmas, everybody. And <laughs> be on Christmas. the lookout for part four of our bowl preview series, Very very soon right now not right now but soon you've been listening to the college football bros if you have any questions for the next podcast email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com to keep up with the brothers on social media like them on facebook at college football bros follow them on instagram at college football bros and for their commentary on saturdays Follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.